The Courage to Lead, Episode 79. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Uh, I'm having a great week, and I'm really looking forward to introducing you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Dave Melinda. Dave is a founder of Positive Polarity and grew his startup business to a $10 million company before selling it. He now passes the principles of his success onto his clients so that they too can succeed and grow. Dave is also the author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, Growing on Purpose, the formula to strengthen your team and improve your customer experience. In his book, Dave brings together extensive business experience to show readers how to combine team strength achieved through intentional communication and positive individualized customer experience to achieve a fully engaged business. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Harlan. How are you? I'm doing well. This is this is great. I definitely want to hear about your $10 million company. Um, more I'll about do my it. best. Yeah. No, no, I'm sure you can. <laughs> no, I think that's that's awesome. And then uh, to do what you're doing now and stuff, definitely want to get into talking about your book and sure. uh, what else you're up to. But first, before we get started, I have 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. These are the questions uh, made popular on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood uh, stars of TV, film, stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Oh my gosh, absolutely. If I'll you do are my ready. best here. I tell you, I'm nervous here. This is the hard part of the show. So, Yeah, this is the worst of it. It's easier from here. All right, good. 10 questions. Question number one, Dave, what is your favorite word? Jesus. What is your least favorite word? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you on? My wife. What turns you off? Mosquitoes. Yes. Yeah. We get those bad down here. Um, question five, what sound or noise do you love? Ocean waves. And what sound or noise do you hate? A loud car. Question seven, what is your favorite curse word? I don't, we talked about that. I don't have one. I don't curse, so I'm okay. good. All right. <laughs> no problem. All right. Question eight, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, baseball player. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? Doctor. <laughs> All right. And finally, Dave, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. That's right. Anything short of that is yep. problematic. Well, good. Exactly. <laughs> not good. All right. Not good at all. All right. We're going to be back in just a couple of seconds. We're going to uh, talk about your, your company. We're going to talk about positive polarity and get into talking about your book. And at some point, we're going to talk about courage and leadership. All right. Excellent. All right. So uh, listeners, we'll be back with you right after this. So stick around. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back 
and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Dave Melinda. Dave, thanks again for uh, agreeing to be on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this interview. Um, where are you coming to us from? Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Very cool. Good job. Yeah, I'm down in Atlanta. We uh, we have humidity down here and we have mosquitoes like crazy. Yeah, ours are like the size of aircraft carriers. You know, they're <laughs> these big things that just hover and they're so bad this time of year. But you know what? It beats the winter that we have. So well, I'll take true. mosquitoes over snow. So that is true. <laughs> that is true. Absolutely. So tell me about uh, now your, your $10 million business. That was before? That was correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. Talk to me about that. What did you do? Yeah. So I started a company in the early nineties. That was a construction supply company. And, uh, it was just me when we started in 1991. And when I sold it in 2012, there were 22 people on the team and we were in the 10 million, we were selling $10 million annually. Um, so, uh, had a great journey, learned a ton. And then I took those, uh, pieces of information that I learned. And uh, now I help other businesses with uh, their business. So awesome. I'm a business coach. And that's how Positive Polarity started was uh, taking what I learned over that time and uh, now being able to help other people with that. So super, okay. super fun. And uh, it's always fun to look at a company from the outside because it's like you can fix it in 20 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> at least you think that in your head. So it's yeah. uh, way, way different than being on the inside. So uh, obviously both have their advantages. I'm, I'm honored to have done it once a couple of sure. times and now I'm doing it, uh, you know, for other people. So having other a great people. time doing it. So, and talk to me about positive polarity. I mean, yeah, I, so, I totally agree. I love that that name and stuff and just on the, all the connotations. But yeah, talk to me about how you came up with the name. Yeah, so it was actually kind of, uh, I think there were margaritas involved that afternoon. <laughs> and we were trying to decide what it was. And I realized two things. Number one, people that I wanted to attract, I wanted to attract positive people. I mean, if it would have been called negative polarity, we probably yeah. wouldn't be in business still. <laughs> Right. So I wanted it to be positive. And the other piece is I wanted there to be action to it. And polarity just was kind of nice. And, you know, I talk about uh, it's the opposing way of doing business. You know, it kind of opposites, you know, when you take two magnets and they don't want to connect with each other because they're pulled the same way. It's kind of like in business, you know, it's I'm, I'm trying to help people find a different way of doing it, whether they say this is the way we've always done it or they say, this is the only way I know how to do it. There usually are other ways, you know, um, that we can do it. So that's where I love to jump in and help people with their blind spots. And, nice. and so that's, that's been a great time. Yeah. I was talking this morning on a, uh, another podcast. I was a guest and, uh, we were talking about how it's easy a- after being a consultant for 25 years to walk into a business and automatically see things that Oh, either yeah. missing or, or should be changed. That, that perspective is totally different. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it, it's, that's what they pay you for. The interesting thing is, is I found over the years, and I don't know what your experience is, Harlan, but I found that there are times that people don't want to know 
You know, they don't want to look behind the curtain. They say they do. I always ask people, how serious do you want to get? How, you know, how real do you want me to get? If you, if I see something, you know, that's wrong with your culture, or I see something that you could do better here, you know, what do I do with that information? I just don't want to make the assumption that I can blurt it out to tell somebody because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they, te- they, they, they treat their company like their kid. Yeah. And it's not like you'd want to go and say, oh my gosh, is your kid ugly? Right. I mean, that just doesn't work. <laughs> somebody so has got, got to say it though. Yeah, exactly. Some point, right? Somebody has got to say, it. I know, yeah. but there are plenty of people that are really happy. And that's why I grew. That's why I wrote growing on purpose, because I run into a bunch of people that grow by mistake. Mm-hmm. They're still growing. They don't know how to replicate it. And quite frankly, some people, they, they, they don't care. And I have to be cognizant of that, that there are certain people that are just happy the way they are. And that really isn't going to be my ideal client for me. Um, and I'm fine with people that do it. I just tell people, hey, don't come back later and be mad when you can't replicate that success that you had before. Right. So speaking of ideal client, who do you work with? Who are some of your clients? You know, our clients for me personally are really, they tend to be smaller companies that are really good at what they do, but they're not really good at maybe growing their business. Their customer service might not be where it needs to be. You know, they're struggling with building a team. You know, um, we know as entrepreneurs, the smaller the business, the more hats that you wear. Right. And, you know, there are people that are just two people in the company and they got all these hats that they have to wear and they realize that they, it's better to pay somebody like me to help them with their HR or help them with their sales or help them with their, you know, growth strategies that they, that that's a more successful model than them working longer hours, trying to fit more into, you know, their life. So I tend to work with smaller companies that are really good at what they do. They're very profitable. They just need to move into that next level. So, you know, whether it's, I have one client that started with two people and five years later, they're up to nine, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're just, their growth is taking off. And, you know, um, I had something to do with it, but they had way more to do with it than I do. But a lot of it is holding people accountable, which is a big, huge thing that coaches and consultants do. That's a huge part. Yeah. Showing them what, um, making them aware of what's possible with their business, right? The education yep. of those business building best practices and then the accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. The accountability to me is key because if you, I, we've all invested a ton of time and energy in going to a seminar, going to a one day thing, half day thing, even a one hour Zoom, you know, where you pay whatever to go see something and they're going to tell you 10 tips to whatever, yeah. which is great. The problem is, is that when you go off of that call, you know, what do you do with that information? You know, and on my podcast, I tell people specifically, here's a great tip. Now, don't just leave and don't do anything with it. This guest yeah. is giving you a piece of gold. Yeah. You know, if, if, if we gave you a check and you never cash it, you never are able to take advantage of that. So yeah. here's somebody's writing you a check but we need you to go to the bank. We need you to do something with that. So I think that's where I like to spend my time is helping people go to the bank in that respect. Awesome. Yeah. I've got a couple of clients that they've read all the management books, you know, they can quote the management books and everything like that. And it's like, so what have you done with this? Well, nothing really. 
Exactly. Okay. So it's taking up space on your shelf is all. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a 10 tips to better communicate training. And I don't know where I was somewhere in the country. And somebody came up to me after and said, Dave, I got to tell you, I didn't learn a thing. And I'm like, Hey, thanks for sharing that. That's so cool that you shared that. I said, we're really not here to teach you these things. My question is how many of these 10 are you actually doing? And his eyes lit up and he's like, oh, and that's where the light bulb came yeah. on. It wasn't like <laughs> teaching him something he didn't know, like I'm teaching you a foreign language. Right. We're talking about the current language that you're using. How much of it are you actually engaging with? So I, I enjoy being able to help people, to remind them, and then try and find a way to hold them accountable to for themselves, not for me. I, yeah. you know, I don't get any joy out of holding somebody accountable other than seeing a behavior changed or a goal met. Exactly. Exactly. Is there an area of the business you specialize in, or do you kind of help them wherever they're at? You know, I mean, I like HR, team building, yeah. you know, sales growth, the sales part is really important. You know, if you need somebody to help with your finances or QuickBooks, I usually run in the opposite direction. I know just <laughs> enough to be dangerous, yep. you know, um, to, to know the difference between accounts payable and accounts receivable is one thing to understand right. all the intricacies of tax and things like that. Yeah. Definitely I can spell not. math and that's exactly right. I missed yeah. that day in school. So, you know, that <laughs> math day I missed. So I, I don't know what happened. I, I must've been sick that day, but I enjoy the people side of the business. And I tell people there's usually three primary parts to a business. There is the product or service that you provide. That's one. There's the customer that enjoys that. And then there's the team that provides it. I focus on, and my book focuses on the team as well as the customer. Those are two really great uh, buckets for me to invest my time in. Nice. Yeah. Cause like you said, a lot of these business owners, they're very good at what they do. I mean, a lot of times they worked for someone else. Technically they were at, at the top of their game. That's why they decided to start their business. Right. It's all the stuff that goes along with that, that they're, they're kind of missing. They don't know how to how to deal with the employees, how to hire yep. and retain those great employees. They don't yep. know how to go out and look for new customers and how to engage with those customers and keep them, you know, tied in. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so now tell me about your book, Growing on Purpose, which I, 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 again, I think this is key. A lot of businesses grow by chance. Yep. They don't know what they did this week, but you hoo yep. it was a great week. And next week, who knows what it's going to be? Yep. It's like, yeah, you can't grow by accident. Yeah. And that's why I wrote it because like I said, there are a ton of people that grow by mistake. So the formula that we came up with was really simple was to strengthen your team. You know, you take that. So that's the ST and then you add ice to it, improve your customer's experience. And that equals profit. I mean, it's a proven fact that if you have a strong team, you will have a strong customer. And if you have a strong customer, you will have a strong profit statement because, I mean, good customers pay more, they buy more, you know, they complain less, they work with you, they partner with you. There's just all positives to that. You know, it's crazy when I, I have a customer service boot camp that we run, and it's crazy when people don't show up. I mean, it's like, I get it. I get it. We're busy. We can only do so yeah. much. I'm so dialed into what the customer experience is because the other, the flip side is, you know, in this case, Harlan is I'm also a customer. I'm a consumer. 
So I go and buy things on a daily basis and I love to experience great times. And I know when I have a bad experience and I know when I have a good experience. And when I have a good experience, I tell a bunch of people. When I have a bad experience, I tell a bunch of people. I buy more from the people that gave me the good experience. I come back more frequently. I'll pay more. So, you know, the statistics show that that's where we should be spending our time, you know, uh, trying to, if that's the company, obviously, you know, these large box stores that yeah. are all about low price, it's hard to have low price and great service. It's right. just really hard to have both. So the book focuses on the team strength as well as the experience for the customer. So that's, that's was great awesome. research to marry those two. Yeah, definitely. Cause like you said, if, if you as a business owner, take care of your employees, they'll take care of your customers. Your customers will take care of you. Right. Absolutely. So the life yep. cycle. I mean, we thought that we think that that's so easy, but then as soon as something it's kitty wampus on that, then we're like, oh man, you know, we have a bad, we might get a bad employee. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Somebody on the team might not, you know, be in cohesion with the rest of the team. Um, like we, you know, I run into a lot of people that don't want to give good service because they feel like they'll be taken advantage of. You know, and you know what, there's one or 2% of people out there. Yeah, they'll definitely take advantage of you. You know, if you offer something for free, they'll take five of them if they could. But you know, you're, why are you ruining it for the rest of the people that truly would do that? You know, we have a, a mall locally. uh, And back when you'd go to malls, they had a food court and there was always one company, one, one restaurant standing out there providing free samples. Right. And I tell you what, that free sample line was always the longest. That line made the most amount of money, yep. I'm guessing, because somebody got to try it before they bought it. Yeah. Well, an, an entrepreneur could say, oh, my gosh, someone could stand there and just eat all my free food all day. It's like, yeah, you know what? They could. Okay. Well, for that one or two percent that's going to take advantage of you, it's just the, the numbers don't support that thought process long term. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, businesses don't always have to give something away, but it's Absolutely. that extra little bit of service, you know, that they can do. And uh, I had a client years ago that they had somebody that complained. Um, they posted a, a negative review online. One of the business owners wrote back to challenge that person and confront them in a negative. This person wrote back, the business owner wrote back, and it became a tit for tat yep. down to, well, you're ugly. Well, you're ugly and stupid. You know, that <laughs> level. It was like children yep. on a playground. It was crazy. Yeah. And oh you think, yep. how much is an average customer worth to your business? And how many views did that get? Yep. That's how much money you just lost. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Satisfy yeah. the customer one way or another. You don't have to do business with them again. Yep. But show, Hey, I I've heard this complaint and I'm here to make sure that, you know, you're taken care of and everything like that. You'll gain a lot more respect. You'll gain a lot more customers out of that type of interaction than being negative, you know? Oh my gosh. Who? Yeah. Because that's the funny part. I always tell people like we do a lot of conflict resolution work and like, if I'm in a bar, like if you and I are in a bar having a drink and I say something stupid and you punch me in the face, if I don't punch you back, that's pretty much done right mm-hmm. there. Right. And so when somebody punches you online or in person, you know, figuratively speaking, why do we have to feel like we need to reciprocate? I mean, and chances are in that situation, I, I, I'm guessing 
you know, that there was a lot of truth to that complaint. Mm -hmm. Now it might've been their perception and their perception might've been off a little bit, but a customer's perception is so vital that we need to, if somebody says it, my first words are, I am so sorry that you experienced that. You know, let's talk about it. How can we fix it? How can we make this right? Those are, that's a way stronger um, spot to come from than, you know, you're uglier than me. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, nobody wins. I've yet to see somebody say, yeah, you're right. I am uglier. I'm sorry. I'll retract my statement. I mean, (laughs) no, it doesn't happen that way. It just elevates into way worse. And everybody gets negative reviews at some point or another. And all you can do is take them graciously offer to make it better. Right. How can I fix this? Whatever. But yeah, retaliating makes you look bad. If you just let it go and accept it graciously, that person then looks bad and maybe they back off and slink back into the shadows or something like that. But yeah. Shoot, maybe it's right. You know, maybe it's a hundred percent right. I mean, I, when I go speak nationally and people, you know, if, if the group I'm with or whatever, um, if they are judging or rating and, you know, if it's a scale of one to five, if I get like a three, they're, my immediate thing is like, all right, where is this person? I'm going to find them, right? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I'm realizing that, man, you know, I, I can't resonate with everybody. Right. And, you know, it, and so what did they say? How can I learn? You know, it, it takes a little bit of, you know, emotional intelligence to be able to not respond in a negative way and go hunt that person down and, you know, put my finger in their face and, you know, say, you think I'm bad, you're way worse. And at least I tried or whatever it is. So yeah, (laughs) that's, that's, that's funny. Absolutely. And as a consumer, um, and I I find myself having to hold back because every once in a while, I'll, as a consumer, I'll go in, get bad service. And I want to look for the owner or the manager and talk to them about you know, I can help you with this here. Right, have you exactly. ever had those kind of, have you ever had those situations? Oh, yeah, all the time. That's actually the funny thing is, is that's how our company, my company started. My wife and I went out for uh Valentine's day dinner and a high-end restaurant in Milwaukee area. And we got there and you know, it's Valentine's day. It's filled with couples and loves in the air and all this stuff. Right. And the lady that was waiting on us came up and was just the rudest, meanest, never smiled. And we were sitting through dinner and I'm like, boy, could you imagine if there was like somebody that came into this restaurant like an hour before service and just did a 15 minute, hey, rah, rah, you know, think some positive thoughts, think about the effect you're going to have on some people, you could change their lives. I mean, you know, just do that. And I'm like, man, I would love to do that. And that's where positive polarity was born, was thinking about that type of thing because of that bad experience that we had. So funny you bring that up, but that's kind of how it started. Absolutely. No. And like I said, the, the customer service, we will drive across town to this one restaurant because not only is the food phenomenal, yep. but the service is just beyond, you know? And so we'll drive out of our way to go to that specific restaurant for that. So Absolutely. yeah, yep. it's huge. So you said uh, your construction supply company, you had about 22 employees working for you yeah. at yep. the end there. Um, if I was to bump into any one of these people and just ask them what type of type of leader you were, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, and I've learned a lot in the last 10 years. So who knows what they would really say. I keep in contact with some of them. Some of them have shared that they wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for me. 
I think the word, probably the biggest thing would be hands-on. And I tried really hard not to be, um, because hands-on can be misconstrued as micromanaged. Right. And so I like the hands-on piece where I, I got my, I got dirty. I wouldn't do something. I wouldn't expect someone else to do something that I wouldn't do. You know, if the toilet needs to be cleaned or the trash needs to be taken out or a truck needs to be unloaded or whatever it was, you know, that was what I knew I knew that I needed to do. Now, it wasn't that I did it regularly because I had my own skill set and I had my own strengths that weren't necessarily those pieces. But I never would tell somebody to do something that I myself either hadn't done I mean, when you're a company of one, you're doing everything. So, you know, yeah. there is no, hey, I got a guy to go do that or a girl to go do that. It's you. You're doing everything. So, yeah. That's, like you that's, said, wearing all those different hats, right? That's one of the things absolutely. that entrepreneurs yep. always do. Um, delegating. Is that something you work with clients on? Because that's tough for some business owners. They are wearing the hats. They're used to wearing the hat. They do things the way they like it. Right. At some point, they have to learn to let go. Oh, absolutely. And I think so. I use the Eisenhower matrix a lot where it shows, you know, um, is it important? Is it urgent? You know, can you delegate it? Can you um, dump it? Can you, you know, do it or, you know, schedule a time to do it yourself, you know, um, delay it. So I really enjoy that because, I mean, we had a guy that was fantastic inside sales guy. And what he would do is if he got a call from somebody, and they said, hey, we're short this piece on this on this site. He literally would pick up the hang up the phone, put on his coat, get in his minivan, drive to the distributor, pick up that piece, drive out to the job site. Yeah. And then he'd show up and no one's out there. And so then he'd call back to the customer and say, well, hey, I'm out here. You said you needed this piece. Well, he didn't ask, was it important? Was it urgent? He just made the assumption. And so he never really, until we showed him how to use the Eisenhower matrix, Mm -hmm. he would just be thinking he's doing a great job. And he was, but the reality was, is he easily could have delegated it to our truck driver because the customer said, well, I didn't need it for three more days. Well, no one asked that. They just made the (laughs) assumption. So, you know, I think delegation when it's properly presented, it really can be a game changer. Absolutely. But I know that for the first, like it's some, I hear a lot of times, it's just easier to do it myself. And I totally agree. Yeah. It's easier the first few times to do it yourself. But eventually when you train somebody else, they should to be able to get, you know, do a better job at it than you. Yeah. And so there are some real upsides to delegation. You just have to be able to show people you know, what those are and kind of coach them and come alongside them and help them with that decision. Yeah. Cause delegating is not just getting something off your plate. It's, it's an opportunity to train. It's an opportunity to grow another leader within your company, right? right? Yep. Give them the responsibility. And once I think employees are taking ownership of tasks and processes within the business, they take a little bit of pride, a little more pride in the business itself, right? Yeah. Start acting yep. like it's theirs. So. Yeah. And I think that I always, I liken it to a relay race. I mean, I believe that four Olympic sprinters can run faster than one person running that same amount. 
So if I can find people to hand off to, to delegate, to hand off the baton, I mean, that's really what a relay race is, is the first person delegates the baton to the second, who delegates to the third, who delegates to the fourth. You know, those are really, again, we have to take people out of the situation because they're so willing to justify their position. And I'm not here to argue your position. I don't want to argue with you. I just want you to know there's a different way. Yep. If you don't want to do it, I'm totally fine. You doing it the way you are. Just don't be mad when you come in second place, when somebody that is delegating comes in first. You can't be mad at me for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about courage. A lot of people are comfortable in the nine to five, right? Somebody else sure. making the decision. Somebody else is sticking their neck out on the line and stuff like that. Um, and they're just comfortable sitting there and taking their paycheck every week. Mm -hmm. And then there's those of us that say, no, I want more. I, I want to be more. Um, where did you get that courage? Where did that come from for you? I mean, it was early in my life. I Being an only child, I had to do a lot of things on my own, like right away. I didn't have brothers or sisters. And so my playtime consisted of playing with adults my mom and my dad. So, you know, I was already, you know, probably poised at an early age to be that way. The other piece is quite frankly, is I do a lot of disc personality work and there's just a way people are built. Yeah. You know, there's an entrepreneur that is, you're kind of built that way. And I, I don't know the answer to are entrepreneurs built or are they made? I don't know the, the answer specifically from a research perspective, yeah. My hunch is, is it's probably a combination of both. You're built a certain way. There are people that are built for results. And then there are people that are built to accommodate others, you know, and again, neither one's right or wrong, good or bad. They're just built different. And so there's, a you know, people on the team that want to push the company forward. They're driven and that's the way they are built then go for it. Jump in both feet. You'll do fine. You'll do great at it, you know? And if you're not built that way and you don't really want to, you know, jump in, it's totally cool to be part of a team and do your nine to five. And, and that's, that's your, you know, that's, that's cool too. So I, I think that um, both of those work, but you got to be really true to what, how you're built. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the whole, debate on whether entrepreneurs are made or, or born, uh, that, yeah. that could be an entire podcast episode. But, itself, yeah, exactly. Right? But yeah, I agree with you. I think it's gotta be a little bit of both. Um, and there's different types of courage that we have to tap into in our day-to-day -day life. And as, as leaders and things like that, um, a couple that we talk about are, uh, intellectual courage, the courage to set aside your long held beliefs, those, those things that, you know, to make room for brand new knowledge as it comes sure. up. A yep. lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in, this is how I know to do it, or this is what I've always done. Right. And that's kind of yep. stops them, you know, to be able to set aside and say, no, 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 show me something new or bring something new, especially if it's a, a subordinate coming in saying, hey, I have a better idea. You right. got to be open to that. Right. Um, is, and is that, do you think that's easy for clients that you have, is that, the, the, you know, setting aside their, their current knowledge to make room for new knowledge, or do you work with folks on, on coming up with that? Yeah, that absolutely. Some, some are, I mean, some, again, I go back to the personality. Some people are, are naturally risk takers. 
So I think of the comfort zone and the learning zone right in between the comfort zone and the learning zone is the fear zone, you know, where you're just scared to jump out of your comfort zone. You're afraid of what it's going to look like. You're afraid of what's going to happen. And that definitely takes that courage, you know, to be able to, to, to do those, to jump out like that. So I think that, you know, it's hard for people unless you start to explain to them. I mean, I ask people a lot of times, what's like the worst, tell me the absolute worst thing that can happen. You know, what is it? I don't know. I mean, is death the worst thing or is bankruptcy the worst thing or whatever? You know, I try and take people to the end so that they realize that, wow, maybe this isn't that bad, you know, And, and that's where, you know, um, I've done a lot of triathlons in my life and they're really, it's funny because everybody's super stoked at the beginning when they swim, you know, they swim, everybody's all excited, their adrenaline's up, they get in the water and they start to hyperventilate because they're not prepared. And then, then that first, first turn, everybody's holding on to the buoy because they exerted all their energy up front. You know, so it's one of those things that if you have this in your mind, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to be more, you know, I'm going to be courageous, but I'm also going to be a little more even keeled. I'm not going to hyperventilate in business, so to speak. You know, it gives you a much clearer look to be able to do what you need to get done. Yeah. And I like the idea of taking them to the edge and peering over the edge, you know, okay, this is the worst that could happen. You could survive this, right? then yeah, where do we go from here? I love that. That's awesome. Um, you work with a lot of leaders and your, your clients and things like that. Um, what do you look for in a good leader? What makes for a good leader? Well, it's interesting because I think it, a lot of it depends on what um, you're trying to create, what your company, what's your, you know, what's the um, company what's the feel of the company? You know, what is it? What are you trying to accomplish with it? There are plenty of places that are driven companies, you know, sales organizations where there's a driver, 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 and that's what they want to accomplish. Well, if you're not a driven leader in that type of organization, you're going to obviously not do very good. Um, I love the book People Over Profit. It's a great Mm -hmm. book because it talks about, you know, invest in your people, like we said, in growing on purpose and profit will come, you know, so I think, you know, trying to look at the leadership and there's just not one size fits all. I've not seen it because there's different types of companies. There's different cultures, you know, there's different customers. What is your customer need? I am so driven by the customer that, you know, whatever the customer needs, in my book, if you don't supply it, somebody else will. And so, you know, I like to start with the customer and see what is the customer need and kind of work backwards from there. Nice. Yeah. And these days, it's not like you just walk across the street to the other store. Yep. You get online and you could be halfway around the world. You know, right. you could be anywhere. So yeah, yep. taking care of your customers. Very cool. Um so if, if you could do it all over again, would you follow the same path? Would you do things the same way you did? Wow. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, I, there, obviously there'd be some things I would do different. I would have tried to be more uh, uh, empathetic 
in my younger days, I would have tried to be more understanding. You know, it's, it's when you look back, it's easy to see where you derailed. And so, you know, I would try and not derail as much, you know, but as far as the company goes, I mean, you know, I'm proud of the fact that it started with just me and we built it or I built it to $10 million in sales before I sold it. Uh, I'm, I'm super proud of the 22 people. I still stay in contact with a lot of them. I uh, try and get work for, uh, with them whenever I possibly can. So, you know, I think they would say that they would do it all over again the same way. And therefore probably 98% of it, I would definitely do the same way. Nice. So uh, a question, I don't think I've ever asked anybody else. Oh, great. On the podcast. Bring um, on. <laughs> When you had your business, did you have a business coach? So we didn't have a business coach at the beginning. And then towards the end, we actually had one. And it was interesting because that was an impetus of me of what not to do. Because this particular business coach came in and had said it was a kind of a guarantee. It was a large business coach chain. Mm -hmm. And he gave me us a guarantee. And the guarantee was they would grow sales by X. And it would cost $11,000. You'd write the check up front for $11,000. And if you don't hit X, you get your money back. Well, I, I'm like, you guys, you know, my operations manager, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure that this is really the right thing. And, you know, my business partner at the time, he's like, this is going to, we're going to try this. So I'm like, I'm against it, but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that's going to, you know, jump on board and do my best. I'm not setting anybody up for failure. So we tried it. And we didn't get the number that we achieved. And so then we went back and said, where's our 11 grand? And the guy said, well, you should look on page four, subparagraph three, that says, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you know, it's not going to happen. And so we got into this kind of disagreement about that long and short of it is we never got our money back. And I realized as a person that was at the time feeling that tug to move on and do something else. I'm like, I would love to come alongside a company, mm -hmm. help them with that and not have these dumb guarantees or whatever, but just yeah. purely genuinely come alongside them and help them. Absolutely. And so we really didn't have a lot of coaching. Um, I didn't have a lot of coaching. It was really trial and error and really the hard knock school that so many yeah. people talk about was, yeah. was really more what, what I had. But that, it makes your, your stories real, you know, Correct. when you go in and yep. talk to them, here's what yep. I experienced and here's how yep. I can keep you from doing the same thing. So, yeah, absolutely. I think and that's people, just as valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And people ask a lot of times, like if somebody, I, I do most of the work that I do, I know the people or they know me, or there's been a connection, they've seen me speak or something. So yeah. there's not a lot of people calling that I've never heard of before in a place I've never heard of and a company I've never heard of. So, but if that happened, you know, and they said, why would I want to hire you? You know, what are your credentials? And I explained to them, here's what I say. I think of it this way. If you got home today from, from you know, you, you had a doctor's appointment earlier in the week and they, they call you and you find out that you have to have brain surgery. I mean, this is like devastating, life-changing stuff, right? And, and if you get the choice, they said, we have two guys that you can choose from. We have one guy that has never performed surgery in his life, but he's got a doctorate in how to do it. He's written every book, he's wrote it, or he's read every book, he's taught the classes like crazy, but he's never done it. Mm -hmm. 
And then you have this other guy, he's got a high school diploma, but he's done 4,000 of these, you know, uh, surgeries, which you call us and let us know which one you want. Now, when I present that to a customer or a prospect, and I say, you can pick either one. You can pick a, a company that's certified in absolutely everything, and they've never done it because they've only coached their whole life, which is fine. Or you can take somebody like me that started a business, grew it to 10 million, and then sold it, and now started another one and growing that one. I said, that's up to you. But to me, I like to let that choice be theirs so that they don't have to have any misconceptions about what they're getting themselves into. Absolutely. Very cool. Good stuff. So you do a lot of speaking engagements? I do. Yeah. Prior to the pandemic, uh, you know, I love to travel around and do do speaking engagements. And we're getting back into it now. Um, I'll be in New York here shortly, and then I'll be in... uh, some, I got other couple places yet this year. So, but it's not nearly as much as it was because, you know, there are, people are nervous, obviously, sure. to congregate in large groups. So we have to go to places like Georgia or places like Florida that, you know, are open for that kind of business. So that's, that's what we're headed for. Well, if you ever come out to Atlanta, definitely let me know. Awesome. Out in sure. Washington. Uh, Dave, this has been awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much for being on the, the program. If people want to, look you up and connect with you. Where can they find you? What's your Yeah, website? for sure. Yeah. I would say positivepolarity.com is okay. the best place to go. Um, my podcast is the positivepolaritypodcast.com. So nice. uh, if you will, you know, we focus on the intersection between personal growth and business growth. So, um, you know, it, it it's uh, a fun place to hang out where people are actually having to realize that, hmm, you know, there's a personal side to this, you know, like you were saying before, you know, there's a personal side to this and it's not just business. And so we, we get to, you know, get to interview a ton of fun people on that, but awesome. positivepolarity.com, Sebastian, LinkedIn, all those places that you, you find me as well. Very cool. And I will have those links in the show notes, uh, your book, can they get your book on your website? Absolutely. And if you can't afford it, please let me know. I'll be more than happy to send you a free copy. I hate to see people not buy a book because they can't afford the 1750. So I'll be more than happy for, for Harlan's uh, audience. Just remember though, don't buy a hunt. Don't, don't ask for a hundred of them. Remember that, you know, the, the guy that wanted <laughs> exactly. free samples. So no, if you need a hundred, Hey, I'll give you a hundred. If you got a, if you got a need, will definitely help you out there. So I appreciate Harlan, your time here today. It was great. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks for being so generous to the listeners too. So listeners, hope you guys were taking some notes. There are some great takeaways from this show. Um, And as always, if you were not taking notes, listen to it again. This time, get (laughs) ready, right? Be prepared. All right. Uh, If you appreciate this uh, episode, share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me. Coach Harlan saying so long for now.